Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. Ah, Dr. Smith, we are back. It's been a little bit of a minute. We took a little summer, a little summer break. Just a, little a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> yeah, we just took a... I, <laughs> I just I just went to Amsterdam. That's all. It was just little, you know, one that. Yeah, big. what? One, like, one. like, like, yeah. Let's. How are you going to drop that? I just went to Amsterdam. You know, I just went to Amsterdam. Uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yes. well, I, I saw the pics in the video, and it was awesome. Oh my god! Yes, I went to uh, the Netherlands for the North Sea Jazz Fest, and. It was just dumb, insane, beautiful, wonderful. So we'll have to do a podcast just about why you have to go to North Sea Jazz Fest. But not today because well, we got we got some good stuff today. So not today. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, before we jump into it, you know, we got to do the music tip. So here is uh, and actually what you just talked about is is the music tip for the day. And that's basically to watch other artists and go to their shows and to see, uh, or I mean, basically the point of this is to see how people are performing and to find out mm-hmm. what you can incorporate into your show. So yes. what the benefit is, is you get the chance to find out what works and what doesn't. And then, you know, you can incorporate like different types of behaviors, moves. Uh, what is the, the sequence of the set list? Um, right. What's the, the stage talk and the conversation? How does that work with audience uh, you know, the audiences, how do they receive certain things? So really the, the benefit of going to live shows is to see how, how people are successfully performing and, and getting in audience engagement. Oh, that is, I think this might be my favorite music tip business music tip that tip. we've done in a while, because <laughs> <laughs> as you know, I go to a, a heck of a lot of shows and yes, you do. You know, Fifty <laughs> percent of it is, you know, just because I just simply love music. Actually, eighty percent probably is that, but the other percentage is absolutely that, you know, and and being able reflecting on my own, you know, performances and stage presence, and you know how I want to run things and and what I know not to do, <laughs> what to avoid, mm-hmm. what doesn't work when you see certain artists do. So I think that's excellent, and I. When I'm coaching artists, I tell them all the time, please go to shows, go to shows. You need to, you know, you need to see it in action so that you can not mimic, but reflect and, you know, so excellent. I like that tip. I like that tip. Great. Well, I'm going to let you do the introductions for our special (laughs) guest artist today. Yes, I am. And I'm going to try really hard, Dr. Smith, not to take over on this um, on this interview. But <laughs> I can't um, I can't fault just, you. I can't fault. You. I know. Darn it. But um really just extremely honored and excited. And, you know, this artist is someone I've been a fan of literally. And I, I'm not going to say the years because it's going to age all of us. But, you know, since since I was since for a long, long time and I'm just really honored to have him. I want to say hello, Will Downing. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. And listen, there's no accounting for taste. All right. So we, <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. We'll, we got to raise the bar. You know, your musical style, your musical taste has got to be raised just a little bit. You, you're scraping the bottom of the just barrel if you like me. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't come on now. Anyway, no, aim higher, so that means I'm aim higher. The ground. I was about to say, I think I'm a little bit underneath the carpet. Anyway, so yes, no, this is this is just it's such an honor to have you here, and you know, you just were. It's, it's perfect timing on a lot of levels. This is our fiftieth podcast episode, so. We're celebrating the big five zero first. Wow! Of all. So that's congratulations! Wonderful to have. I know. Thank you. Yeah, you Thank get to be you. number five zero. Wow! <laughs> so that's that is huge. That's huge. Um, and that was all really divine and organic. Like we didn't plan that. It just landed. Nope. You know when you said you were available, and that's that's the flow that it landed in. So I call that very divine. And um, the other thing is, you just um, had your unsung episode to air like a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks ago or a week ago. A week ago, yeah. And I know that you know, yeah, I watched it, and you know, it was fantastic. And it sounds like from what I'm seeing on social media and so forth, and your newsletters, that you know, you got a really good response. So. I know many, you have many followers, and I'm sure many people who follow our podcast know you very well. But we do also have a lot of um, independent artists trying to put their toe in there and may not know who you are. So I'm going to say, one, y'all need to go listen, go watch Unsung, go watch the episode so you can get all the nitty gritty because I think they, <laughs> they did a good job really getting in your business. I think, <laughs> I think, I don't know. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I would love for you to just share just briefly, you know, who who you are, who is Will Downing and, you know, what's your background? How did how did you get here? I was born a sharecropper's child <laughs> back in. No. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> OK, uh, Will Downing. Uh, I've been a recording artist for the last 30 years. Uh, I started my career as a solo artist back in 1988. Um, I've been on every label in par- part of the universal system for the last 20 <laughs> X amount of years. Uh, I primarily started out as a background vocalist back in the early, early 80s. Uh, and then I did a bunch of uh, 12-inch records under pseudo names throughout the 80s before I became mm-hmm. a solo artist. So mm-hmm. I had six or seven singles out under these made-up names <laughs> for years. And then in 88, uh, I put out my very first solo record. And since then, I've put out uh, – I have 20 albums to my credit. So 20 albums, 30 awesome. years. Yeah. Long time. Wow. Awesome. Wow. 20? 20. That, that that just floors me. That 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 floors me. That's amazing. Okay, well, you know I'm gonna take over. I mean, Doctor Smith. I have to say Doctor Smith today because we have two. <laughs> You've wills, got two guys. wills. Yeah, We've got two wills. Right. We've got two yeah. wills. So. Well. I'm ready and willing. <laughs> Go, Doctor Smith. I, I got a million of them because I've been doing this for so long. The name is Will. So, uh, yeah. My my question really, uh, well, first one is, um, how do you think the industry has changed? Since you came up and 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 then I guess the second part of that question is, what do you think artists uh, today can do to take advantage of the current opportunities? Well, I mean, the industry has changed dramatically since when I started. You got to I mean, just even from a format standpoint, when I started out, it was cassettes and 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 right. CDs were really just being introduced when I started out. So, I mean, just even from a format standpoint and the quality of sound, uh things have come, you know, such a long way. Um and also then as an artist when you started out, you started your career and it was really more about 
royalties more so than anything else. I mean, obviously it was about sales, but, you know, you really thought that you were investing in something and that years later that, you know, it was a royalty streaming sort of a thing. Uh, and things have yep. dramatically changed. You know, being an artist <laughs> when I started out was really it was like a, a an elite club. You know, and at this point, you know, anyone can be an artist. So it's everything is completely yeah. flip flop. Uh, when I started mm. out, yeah, when I started out, it was you did as little as possible. Like you would put out a record and then you wouldn't do guest appearances on other records because you didn't want to get you didn't want your name to get burned out. Now, if mm. you aren't doing something, it seems like every month or every few months, it's like you're not doing enough and you're forgotten. So the whole right. industry that I remember is the industry that I know that it's it, that's dead and it's gone and it ain't never coming back. So it's a new world. <laughs> yeah. 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 So how do you I mean, you know, like you just said, that's that's a really drastic shift. Yeah. You know, and, and particularly when you talk about kind of that elite club and now anybody and everybody and their cousin and, you know, mama and everybody can be an artist seeing that you've been in both of these worlds, do you have a preference? I mean, is it, is it, would you, would you wish we could go back to that or what are your thoughts about that? Like, how are you feeling about that? Well, it's interesting because though you can, um, anyone can put out a record and, and put it out on their own independent label. And, and that's great that the, that the playing field is level. The one problem that you run into is that now that everyone's doing it, the consumer can't point to anyone specific in order for you to make enough money to say that you can make a living at doing this. And then, yeah. right. and then from a record company standpoint, for those companies that are left, uh, if you were to get a deal, the guarantees to make a record are so low that it's not even worth doing a record. And then there's no, the, the royalty stream, you know, now with streaming is so it's so difficult to understand how to make money doing this. So, yeah, from a standpoint of every it's fair now, everyone can be an artist. Yeah, you can be an artist. But just remember, there's millions of them out there now. And what makes you special and what makes people want to kind of point to you to uh, to, to make you a, a, a above the rest? You're no different from anyone else. So it's a it's 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 a pool full of, of fish now. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. nothing yeah. you have to do something to, to differentiate, differentiate yourself from the other millions upon millions. One more time upon millions of people doing this now <laughs> where it used to be an elite club where it's like the best of the best or, you know, uh, would be in this club. And it was like, OK, yeah, we're going to concentrate on these artists. Now it's like. You know, yeah. yeah, my next door neighbor can make a record. Buy my record or buy mine, <laughs> you know, right. so and nobody's right. buying anything. Right. So it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's exactly. a strange time. But it's fair. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, some, something that that from back in the day, since we're talking about it, uh, what one of the first big hits you had um, was like a, a dance club hit. I think it made to four on the billboard charts. Uh, your remake of John Coltrane's Love Supreme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What uh, what was the inspiration behind that? Well, uh, I, I know you you're steeped in the in, in some of the jazz tradition, but what 
I guess, what, what inspired you to do that one? Well, it was weird. I was working with uh, this producer who actually was the one who kind of gave me my first uh, production deal as a guy named Arthur Baker. And that was okay. primarily his background. His background was sort of like um, sort of dance music, the dance music of the time. And also house music was really big at the moment. So, so Kenya, right. you should really be able to identify with the whole Chicago, yeah. you know, house music was like blazing. Uh, so. We we almost had like almost like a triangle sort of a thing. Me being uh, very steeped in the in the in the jazz tradition, uh, and then we call Stanley Tarantino to come play saxophone on it. And you have Arthur who's into like the dance thing. So we kind of merged all three together and made this record. Um, what was interesting was what we did it, and then uh, we took it to Alice Coltrane, who was John's wife. And she was right. the head of the estate. John had been had been dead already, uh, had passed away. So she's right, head right. of the estate, and, and we had spent all this money doing it, and we turned it into her. And she's like, "Oh hell no, <laughs> not no, hell no! Like you're not going to take this spiritual song by my husband." And what what is this? And she said, and she wouldn't approve it. And we spent thousands of dollars making this record and so then we had to kind of wow. go back and fix it to her liking and and kind of say the things that she she knew that john meant when he wrote the song so that's how it kind of right. became what it became and it was a it did really well overseas and in, uh, in the uk and throughout europe and i did really well with it so yeah, yeah. win-win everybody well. won wow everybody won everybody, everybody won. won yeah well i you you mentioned europe and um and Dr. Smith, I know this isn't one of the questions I said I was going to say, but now that he's mentioned <laughs> the UK, I mean, you have a huge <laughs> love over there. And, um, you know, people, you know, I think you even expounded on, or they expounded on that in the Unsung episode. Um, do you, how do you feel about this kind of UK acceptance versus US? I, I, I know the story kind of behind that, but our listeners may not. Um, can you talk a little bit about how um, the UK received you versus maybe the US? Well, it was when you were first kind of doing that. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is, you know, as an artist, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I started out, the only thing I wanted was my friends, like in the neighborhood, to hear my music on the local station. <laughs> And, 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 and by judging by your laugh, that was you too. Like you, like you just want to turn your radio on and be out in the park with your boys or with your friends, and all of a sudden that your joint would come on and be like, "Oh yeah, that's my man," you know. And like that's what I wanted, but right. it didn't happen like that. So uh, I released a record, yeah. and in America, I mean, very little to nothing happened. And I wasn't even mm -hmm. thinking about the rest of the world, to be honest with you. I mean, I just put out a record, honestly, because I wanted to hear it on our local station and in, you know, in the area. <laughs> I mean, I was dense. Right, I was right. ignorant. I didn't know. So uh, then I started getting these <laughs> phone calls um, asking about Europe. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm like shrugging my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll go. And then I started going over there and I didn't realize that they had really appreciated um, R&B music or even the type of music I was doing, whatever you want to call it, you know, R&B, contemporary jazz, mm -hmm. jazz, whatever. But they were like in it. And I ain't just talking about black folks. I'm talking about white folks mm -hmm. you know, like into it. And you yep. and I'm going over there and they're singing these words 
They're singing these songs word for word. I mean, stuff that's like album filler songs or like their favorite songs. So I found myself going over there a lot. And, you know, we kind of developed this musical love for each other. And and they're loyal. I mean, I was just there, what, uh, about a month ago, me and Najee. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, me, Najee, and Melissa Morgan, which is kind of almost like an interesting uh, mixture of music. But each one of us that came on the stage, these white folks and these black folks out there singing this stuff like, <laughs> like it's the national anthem. I'm going, yeah. and, and and this, and I'm 30 years in with this, and they still want to hear like songs right. that I don't even do here in America. They're doing the B side stuff. So I mean, it's right. it's it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to realize that the world is a very interesting place and not as large as you may think. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and and I was just, I mentioned being in Amsterdam at the North Sea Jazz Fest. I mean, you have to understand that's mostly, you know, it's mostly European attended. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got some people from the States. I have a whole kind of crew of black folks. We all travel together to go to this festival every year. And it just, it floors me every time I'm there, you know, in terms of the, you know, white, European old, young, I mean, just everything. And like you said, like, you know, standing room only for artists that I've never, ever heard of before who yeah. are black soul artists or black jazz artists. So um, that's, you know, and I think when we're talking to independent artists and letting them know, you just said, you know, there's a world out here. And so don't be afraid of that. And even now, because of the way things are, yes, the world can access you quickly. So, um, you know, that's, yeah, that I think a lot of artists, I know I experienced the same thing. You know, when I go to the UK, it just flew. When I, I, the first time I ever went there, people were singing my song. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You don't know this song. <laughs> well, There's I mean, no way you well, know this well, song. Well, well, now, Kenya, you are Kenya. So listen, stop. <laughs> if, you, if you're fishing for compliments, <laughs> that's the only one you're going to get. No, let me stop. <laughs> no, it was just crazy. Because I was like, hey, she's blushing right now. Yeah, by the way, ah, is she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she'll recover in a minute. <laughs> I know, but anyway. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Let, let me ask sorry, my question while yeah, you're recovering. Let me let me let me let you recover. So I'm recovering. Uh, so, I'm drinking coffee. Uh, yeah, I have. Um, I I usually I like to ask ask this type of question because. Uh, it, it gives gives listeners a, a deeper, I guess, understanding of, of who you are as an artist. And, and also just, you know, allows them to connect with something on, on their own personal level. But what if you could give us a, a, a peak moment for you, I guess, in, in your career up to, up to this point? And I'm, I'm sure you probably have several of them. But, um, you know, a moment where I guess you you were you were either on stage you were either in the studio or you were either at an award sermon, whatever it was, uh, just a, a peak moment for you where you realized um, uh, there was, there was a, a deeper connection or just something that, that, that hits you about, about music, about what you're doing, about who you are, I guess, and, and a, a moment that, that sort of illuminated all of that. Well, I mean, as you said, I mean, I've had quite a few of them, uh, I grew up in, in Brooklyn and, um, where I grew up, it wasn't a situation where you, I couldn't even identify with the industry 
in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it just wasn't like my upbringing. Right. I wasn't around musicians. You know, my sisters and, and my brother, they have nothing to do with music. My parents have nothing to do with music. So I never saw what it was like to be, you know, what I could aspire to as far as being an artist is concerned. Um, you know, when right. I was coming up, it was like work hard, get an education, get a job, <laughs> put in 25, 30 years, <laughs> retire and sit on your ass. Mm-hmm. So that was like my, yeah. <laughs> that was my mindset. That was your goal. That, that was, was my goal. goal. <laughs> put in 25 years somewhere. And it was grounded into you that that was your mentality. Like, you know, listen, education, education, right. education, education, get a job that, um, so I didn't even think about music as a career. So my wake up moment and and I never even took any of this stuff seriously until honestly when I went to Europe because I'd I'd done clubs in New York and but everybody was singing in clubs. So it wasn't like a big deal. You know, you'd be there, folks would be there laughing and joking while you're doing what you do. They'd be eating, they'd be doing whatever they do, but mm-hmm. really not listening to you. <laughs> you just kind of happened to be there. You like the background music. Uh but my first trip going to Europe, I played a place, I played in in London, a place called the Dominion Theater. And so, you know, we pull up for sound check and I look up and I see my name on the marquee and I'm like, okay, ain't nobody coming to this. This is going, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. And then we go into the theater. It's an older theater in the UK. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's going to be about three rows of people, but the joint held probably like 1700. And I, and I, and I get there. Hey, I'm serious. I get there and I walk out on the stage. And people lose their minds. And I just kind of looked and I was like, oh, my God, they're actually listening. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, they, and they're listening to every word. And at the end of the night, you know, I, I went back. I started boohooing in my dressing room. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I was so used to playing in like these little, you know, dirty clubs around the city. And I was like, you know, you were part of a band. And they're like, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you did sing tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got a rum and coke? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Y'all got any more chicken in the back there? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> that was a that was an aha moment. And I've, you know, subsequently wow. done, like, huge concerts. We did um, something called the Princess Trust. And uh, Prince Diane was there. And so to be wow. able to perform, there was about, I think the, think the place held like 15,000 people and the joint was packed and she was there. So I got to meet her. So moments like that, it's like, wow. it's like yeah, this is okay. Yeah. I, you know, you feel like you've yeah. accomplished yeah. something. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's awesome. That yeah, is thank, really thank awesome. You. And, and you know, I just had a, a client yesterday. She was feeling really down about stuff. And, yeah, like you just said, being background music and can I get a rum and coke? And not, you know, like, good job and walk away. Right. And, you know, I was trying to kind of tell <laughs> was trying to kind of tell her. I said, that's that's how it begins. You know, that's how it yeah. begins. And, you know, you just keep keep pushing and, and take it as, you know, these are dress rehearsals. For the real deal, you know, if you give up now, you'll you'll never have had that dress rehearsal. So, yeah, that was I. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. if if you believe in yourself and 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 what you're doing, you know, stay in the race. I mean, listen, there's a lot of artists that started out when I started out, and they became 
larger at a much quicker rate than I did, you know, because they were doing the music of the day. And, you know, and I kind of stayed the course. You know, I really believed in what I was doing. And you always have to remember it was like the the tortoise that won the race. You know, so here we are 30 years later and I'm still doing it. And a lot of them or most of them, for one reason or another, have stopped. And, you know, they're envious. You know, what you what you want is you want a career. You don't want to just become a, you right. know, you don't you just want to hit and hit and hit and out. You know, you don't want to burn out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be yourself, be the best, that you, best you that you can be. And yeah, I mean, stay in it. I mean, if you really have the goods, if you don't, this ain't for everybody. Everybody wants to do it, but this ain't for everybody. So, you know, if you really want to do this, then you got to, you know, you got to stay in it and you got to practice. You got to be the best you that you can be. Yeah, absolutely. It's about the longevity. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So and and along those lines, um, what are some of the things that you're doing to uh, to help keep that longevity going? Are you uh, doing some things alternatively outside of music or inside of music that people don't know about or? You know, what, what are the, some of the things that, that you're doing basically to set yourself up uh, to, to stay in and stay in the game? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always recording. So I've sort of uh, gotcha. adopted like the attitude of the day. You know, uh, every you're going to hear something from me every year. And I mean, something on a big scale, not, you know, not anything where it's just kind of throw something in there just to keep your name out there because you always want to be attached to quality, right. you know, because you don't want your name to be, you know, like, Oh, oh it's him again. And, and, and this piece of music <laughs> right. doesn't mean anything. So you I always try to attach myself to quality. So every year I'm releasing a record, like I'm, in the uh, process of finishing up album number 21, which will probably be out like October, November, I'm doing a gospel record. So, you know, that's, that'll be next. And then, you know, as soon as that one comes out, I'll start work on the next one. So I'm always, I'm always out there touring. I'm always recording. uh, And I'm, you know, trying to stay in the game. But on another note, I also realized that this ain't everything. The, the, the business ain't everything. The music thing ain't everything. So, you know, you have to have some outside hobbies and some other things that you do just to make you normal and to feel, you know, uh, normal. Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better, yeah, for lack of a better phrase, to feel normal, do mm-hmm. some normal stuff, you know, because, hey, listen, life, it ain't long. <laughs> Trust me, it ain't going to last long. It's going to be over real soon. And, you know, be well-rounded and I have a family. So, I, you know, I try to do human things. So music is, is, is one thing. It ain't everything. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I and and that is huge too. That that life balance piece, artist. <clears throat> so so many artists aren't taking care of themselves. You know, not they just <laughs> grind, 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 and not creating the other side of that balance. You know, so that's that's really critical. Um, well, I have a question because I I want to make sure I'm clear on this. You had mentioned you've been on every branch of Universal mm-hmm. <laughs> on that label. Are you currently on? Like, are you independently doing things, or are they? How, what is what is the setup in terms of? Do you consider yourself an independent artist and you're self releasing, or do you still have ties with a label? Well, it's funny. I I kind of vacillate back and forth between. Um, doing solo projects on my own label, on the Sophisticated Soul label. That's my label. And then every once in a while, a label will come towards me and say, uh, would you be interested in doing a one-off for us? So um, the last gotcha. two records I did, I actually did with Shanaki Records. 
So, but prior to that, I'd done three records on my own label, on the Soul, Sophisticated Soul label. And then prior to that, all my other records were with uh, what became Universal. So I was with uh, Island. I was with Motown. I was with Mercury. I was with Peak. So, but that, they're all under the Universal umbrella. So I've been at the same, in the same building for the last X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And then I did some independent stuff. And then the last couple of projects I did on Shanaki. So I kind of go back and forth. But they're all one-offs. I don't do, you know, I don't think a lot of labels don't do these long-term deals anymore. So they do kind of one-off deals. Right. When when so you're with, when you're with those labels, do they allow you uh, to have the freedom to uh, to make the album the way you you want to your, your vision with oh, yeah. the album? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back in the day, okay. every once in a while, um, a president or uh, an A and R person would say, "You have to do this song," and but the but the majority gotcha. of the stuff was you know stuff that I wanted to do and these days it's it's really backwards because what you're doing now is it's almost like you're self financing your project and then you're selling it to them so gotcha. you know now it, the the days of hey we're going to cut you a check and you're going to make a record you know I rarely hear that now it's something where you know folks are working independently and saying hey man I got you know I got these eight joints you know, would you be interested in, in, in yeah. making some sort of a deal and basically reimbursing you for what you've already spent? And, you know, then you do EPs if if you like to, four song EPs over a course of a year or something like that uh, to keep yourself, right. you know, relevant. Right. Awesome. Thank you for saying, because I think a lot of artists don't understand that. Like what you just explained, that process of having to self invest <laughs> and yeah. then oh, yeah. yourself yeah. like and then you know because a lot of artists are just waiting come on just find me i'm on instagram and it's like okay no no sweetheart you gotta <laughs> you gotta <laughs> why, why you've got to invest in yourself because why am i going to invest in you that's how it is now at least you know i'm right. not gonna one i don't have the dollars to invest in you um if you're not gonna be worth investing so show us you know show us that so artists that are listening to this you know, even on Will's level, you know, he's still self-investing to, you know, and yes, he's got these relationships and obviously it's longstanding and he's got huge credibility. But just understand it's never, oh, I'm going to get there and then I just chill. You know, I just sit back. It's, it's, it's not that. It's not oh, that no, at all. Not at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, we're hitting our 30 minutes. How are we doing, uh, Dr. Smith? Can I ask <laughs> can I ask one more question? <laughs> oh, you 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 got it. They say, okay, you what's the meaning it. of go, life, go. you know? <laughs> yeah, right. What's the meaning of life, Will Downing? You got, you got eight minutes. <laughs> That's a good thing to answer in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, I actually, but my husband, my husband is a huge fan of yours, and it's funny, um, the way that I got connected to your music initially I was in college and a friend of mine I used to the I used to be in Howard's gospel choir and that's how actually Dr. Smith and I know each other is from Howard University and we were in choir together and so one of the other choir members is who introduced you to me and when I you know I was so I was like I don't know I was 18 19 and I'm like oh my god like this is insane and so I fell in love and so it was funny when I would like if, if I started dating a guy and if I, I'd mentioned, you know, Will Downing songs, you know, if they didn't know you, I was like, oh, see, they don't even know. They're, they don't even they don't know music. And my husband, it was funny. He was one of the first men when I said he was like, oh, my God, Will is like the man. And so we're now still married forever. And so he, <laughs> he said, when you when you talk to Will, you know, ask him about if you have time. And it looks like we have a little time. 
one of the things you've done a lot of rearrangements of covers mm-hmm. and made them like just magical, like really, really magical. Oh, thank you. And one of the things I think some artists want to just do a bunch of covers and, you know, always have a hard time kind of finding their voice in the cover. You, though, seem to do that like weirdly perfectly. Like literally, you're the one artist that I know that if I if I'm going to go listen to your cover because I know you're going to you're going to bring something else to it. Is that something that you're very consciously doing or you tell me more about that? And and then the second question is, would you advise other artists to kind of go that route or not? Well, um, the the songs that I've remade over the years, songs like I Try and I Go Crazy and Wishing on a Star and Free and, you know, I've done a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. lyrically, they meant something to me, like with a song like mm-hmm. I Try. Um, it's interesting how, you know, men and women kind of look at the same issue different in, in, in a different way. And for me, it mm. was with a song like that. It was a way to give like the male interpretation of a song uh, that was mm. delivered from a female's perspective. Angela Bofield had written a song and I know the backstory mm. and. But, you know, sometimes when I'm in, in a conversation with my wife, it's kind of like, you know, I'm trying to, like, you know, I'm trying to do the best I can. And, you know, so when a song like that comes along and she has written exactly what I wanted to say, then I remade it, you know, and I put my little spin on it, you know, musically and I made it my own. But, you know, I just don't pick songs arbitrarily and go, this joint is hot. You know, I, you know, I'm going to copy that one, you know. It's, it has to have some yeah. sort of meaning. There has to be some sort of significance behind you doing what you're doing. Uh, do I recommend that for other artists? I mean, if it's based on some of the things that I just said, then yeah, be my guest. If someone has said what you want to say and you can't say it any better, then, you know, yeah, do your thing. But bring something to the table. You know what I mean? Just bring something musically to the table. Flip it. I mean, feel it. You know, that sort of thing. And I've done a lot of, you know, interpretations and remakes uh, that when it was all said and done, if I felt that I didn't bring anything new, I scrapped it. You know, I ain't going to talk about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You ain't going to say yeah. so-and-so did it yeah. better, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Which is the hole that I think people can find themselves in. And, you know, like, you know, you do these covers, you you know, you're this, it can be risky, you know. It can oh, be yeah. really risky. and. You know, you got to make sure, you know, you don't hear a whole bunch of Prince covers. You know, I mean, it's just mm. <laughs> there's certain things that's kind of hard. And there's a reason. Do, so. Yeah, right. There is a reason. Yeah, yeah. A reason. absolutely. I mean, and, nice. and then there's certain artists that I just don't mess with because their interpretation mm-hmm. or their version of a song is so iconic that it's like. I, yeah, you ain't gonna get me, you know. So like your Luthers, your Donny Hathaways, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. mess with them. Yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah. like, they're like, yeah. they're royalty for me. Like, ah, nope. You can sing right. this song, can't. Right. Nope. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to be able to do it. Can you do it? I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> not going to be able to do it. No. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's so funny because people say, oh, why don't you, when you're on the stage, why don't you just sing, you know, a Whitney or just sing Layla all the time? You sing a Layla. No, I'm like, what? No. You want me to what? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Mm, no. <laughs> no, I am not. So. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, man. 
Well, wow. yeah, this this is uh this has been fantastic. I mean, you know, of course we always can go on for uh at least another 30 and another hour, but uh yeah. you know, it's it's uh for the purposes of recording and and keeping everything tight, we got to Go ahead and wrap and it. And having but, uh, balance man. in our lives. You know, we got other right. stuff we got to do, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a pleasure right. speaking yeah. with you totally guys. appreciate you, uh, you doing this with, with us. Yeah, this, is, this has been great, man. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can have you back. And if just for our listeners and, and for you, what, if there's anything else that you're working on right now that you would like to let everybody know about, um, uh, what is that? And, and also how do people, people get in touch with you if they want to? Well, yeah, I'm, as I just said, I'm, I'm working on a gospel record, uh, and I'm always touring. So I'm going to, I'm always somewhere <laughs> doing something. So, uh, if you go to <laughs> willdowning.com, it'll give you, uh, it's my website. It'll give you, you know, uh, where I'm appearing and, and just the backstory of, of my life. Uh, um, let's see, I'm Will Downing singer on Facebook. I'm Will Downing, the number three at Twitters. And if you just punch up my name, if you see a not so good looking bald headed black man, it's probably me. Oh, just press follow. God. Just press follow. <laughs> what a, just, just follow that man. Follow that man. That little old guy. I, I that little guy. old guy. The little yeah, old just... guy. Yeah. Smooth <laughs> <Just move> daddy. <laughs> well, I know you're going to be, awesome. I think you're going to be doing a set with Layla in the Chicago area coming soon so yeah um, yeah yeah I'll yeah. have to yeah, come yeah, on through. I'll pull you up on stage and, and tell and you to sing a Layla song. I was going to say, I know, yeah, right. Exactly. Which is why Kenya will have her shade. You won't even know it's me. It's like, is that Kenya? No, you, Kenya, no you can't be incognito. No. I'll find you. I'll find you. <laughs> no. Never mind. So I'll just talk to you on the phone. Awesome. But anyway. But no, you, no, you coming to the show. Come, come on out and have a good time. It should be a great night of music. No, I like I said, I'm a, I'm a show lover, and I've been to many of your shows, and so it's just an honor. Like Will said, or Doctor Smith said, it's it's an honor to have you here. So I'm glad, and I appreciate your support of my music. I know you have your your radio program, and you've played um, stuff by me. The oh, yeah. rearrangement I did of Michael Jackson's "Can't Help It," which is a scary place to go, but we were able to, ah, you to did do your something thing. with it. So I appreciate you. You and did I, your thing. Sounded great. I appreciate you for oh, that. My pleasure appreciate it so all right dr smith we did 50 right, we're at you? our 50 and uh listeners guys thank you guys for keep tuning in and you know we're gonna do 50 more and then 50 more and then 50 more so keep keep tuning in yeah yep. all right thanks a lot talk to y'all next all week. right take care bye bye thank you for listening And we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email 
at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com. <laughs>